We are going over to Paul in a moment for our talk this evening. We are starting a brand new series tonight. The, the new series is called Follow Me, exploring the things that Jesus said and what he asked us to do. Paul is going to explain all of that and set it up for us tonight, and then it'll be going on for the next six, seven weeks, uh, something like that. Now, for those of you who don't know Paul, Paul has been around this church for years, actually slightly longer than us. Um, he works for us. He works for the church part time. Uh, as an assistant pastor, um, particularly uh, he's passionate about the areas of prayer and of mission. Um, and in the rest of his time, he works uh, with uh, people who are working all around the world to share the good news of Jesus with, with people. And he works in training and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, he's a brilliant speaker. We love him. Over to Paul for the introduction to Follow Me. It's great to be with you as we start this new series Follow me, how to do what Jesus told us. And I'm going to start off by reading straight away from the Bible from Matthew chapter 4, starting at verse 17. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left the nets and followed him. So we're starting this series and we're looking at what does it mean to follow this invitation by Jesus to come and follow him. It involves more than just doing what Jesus did. It involves more than just obeying the commands that Jesus gave us. It's developing a way of doing life, a pattern a mindset, maybe I'd even use that phrase culture, the way that we do things around here so that our lives, the way that we perceive people, the way that we interact with people will mirror the way that Jesus was. And there's a, there's a cost to it, this kind of way of doing things. That's why when I read that passage, normally if you read it in the Bible, kind of verse 17 is kind of quoted and then they put like a, a statement in saying Jesus calls his first disciples. But I deliberately put it together because this idea of repentance and this idea of following Jesus are interlinked. Because repentance means turning around, having a new way of looking at life, a new way of doing life. And that's what it means to follow Jesus, to have a new way of looking and doing life that is rooted in a passionate pursuit of God. You see, one can obey the commands of God, but the Pharisees did that. And these were the people that Jesus was most critical of. Because as it says in Matthew chapter 7, if you read Matthew chapter 7, right at the end, Jesus kind of challenges people that would come along in the end and say, Jesus, we did all these amazing things. We, we prophesied, we cast out demons, we raised people from the dead. And he would say to them, I never knew you. You see, this idea of kind of following Jesus, this idea of having a new mindset and way of doing life is rooted and established in a place of intimacy. So let me just take some time just to unpack this kind of idea. What we're doing today is we're kind of laying the foundations for the kind of the rest of the series that we're going to be doing over the next few weeks. So I want to create a really firm foundation of what it actually means when Jesus said, Come and follow me. When he came to Peter and Andrew and he said, Come and follow me, and I will show you how to kind of be fishers and men. And you read this kind of calling a few times in scripture 
in particular when he came to his disciples. I was thinking of his disciple like Matthew, for example, who was just a tax collector. And Jesus came to him and said, come and follow me. What does that mean? What does that phrase mean? And to understand that we need to understand the context of Jesus' time, of the disciples' time. Around that time, there were religious leaders, and they were called rabbis. And people would come along to them and say to one of these people, could I be your follower? Could I follow you? Could they, to use maybe language we might be more familiar with now, can I become your apprentice? Can I learn the trade from you? And you had to be careful which rabbi you chose. You see, there were lots of rabbis out there. And each rabbi kind of interpreted the Bible in a, in a different way. And the way that they interpreted the Bible affected the way that the rabbi and the disciples lived their life. And so you had to make sure that you kind of chose a rabbi that you actually agreed with the way that they did life, the way that they interpreted scripture. And so the way that a rabbi interpreted scripture was called their yoke which is why, interestingly enough, if you know the Bible and some of the context of the Bible, and Jesus later on in Matthew talks about my yoke is easy. What it means is my way of doing life is easy. My way of interpreting scripture is easy, which if you know the Bible, you might think actually is, I don't know if I agree with you, because it seems to be quite hard. But what Jesus is saying, if you do life the way that I show you, the natural overflow and some of the commands that I give to you will be easy. So this invitation to follow. So disciples would kind of come along. They'd be thinking, who shall I follow? Which rabbi should I go after? And so they'd say to a rabbi, can I follow you? And the rabbi would be thinking and kind of considering whether they thought this person was worthy of following them. You know, he would only select people who he thought, you know, what? I think this person can emulate me and become like me. He has the capacity to be like me. And so you get this phrase that everybody that was listening to Jesus at that time would be familiar with, to follow me. Because to follow somebody meant not just to be with them and be their disciple, but to kind of submit to their authority, their interpretation of scripture. And if a rabbi said, you know what, yes, you can follow me. What it really meant was, you know, I think that you kind of made the cut. I believe that not only can you kind of follow me around the rest of my life and see exactly how I do life, how I interact with people, but also that you will submit to my interpretation of Scripture. They're kind of linked together. You can't have follow me and not obey and live one's life like your rabbi. So by becoming a rabbi's disciple, the young Jewish lad would be agreeing to total surrender, to kind of rearranging his life, to live like the life of his rabbi. Maybe to use another way of looking at it, it would be like saying, you know, I got this certain kind of hard drive and I'm going to remove that hard drive and I'm going to let you reinstall a new hard drive, a new program, a new way of doing life. That was the kind of the, the yoke. This kind of new way of doing culture, this new way of interacting. And, I, and, and the reason I particularly use this language, kind of culture, is having lived overseas, when you go overseas, you begin to learn that people do life differently. You've been brought up in the UK and you think this is the way you do things. You use a knife and fork to eat. Well, you go to certain countries and uh, you use your hands to eat. 
In the UK, we have our own individual plates. When you go to places like Ethiopia, you all eat from the same bowl. Even the way you interact with people. So in the UK, you might kind of shake somebody's hand and uh, let's say in Ethiopia, you kind of grab hold of the hand and you hold onto the side and then you kind of put your shoulder into their kind of uh, shoulder. And I mean, I'm just using very visible things that you can see in differences in culture. But even the values and the way they kind of perceive and understand the world is different. And so that's what it meant when you began to follow somebody. It's like, I want to take on your culture, your way of doing things. But in this story, Jesus turns kind of the way of doing things totally on his head. Because rather than the disciples kind of coming to Jesus saying, I want to follow you. Jesus goes to them and says, will you follow me? For Peter and Andrew, that would have kind of messed with their heads because that wasn't the way that you did things. You went to the rabbi. But here Jesus, as the rabbi, as a teacher, comes to them and says, will you follow me? And this was amazing in other ways because by Jesus coming to the disciples and saying to them, will you follow me, was a declaration of his confidence in Peter and Andrew and the rest of the disciples who also said, come follow me, that I really believe that you can be what I am. You can really live your life the way that I'm going to live my life. And I don't just mean the kind of the supernatural, which is what we tend to focus on, but the way that he was able to interact and love and care and demonstrate the reality of God and the kingdom of God and the culture of God in every situation. It was kind of like a vote of confidence. It was a bit like Jesus said later on in, in Scripture, where in, in the book of John, where it says, Truly I tell you that whoever believes in me would do the works I have been doing, and they would do even greater things than these, because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that my Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask for me anything in my name, and it will be done. So when Jesus says, come follow me, it's a declaration that he has confidence in us. That we can live a life like he does. And we might think that we, we're, we're not capable we might kind of look at our lives and think, you, you, you don't see the mess. You don't know my background. You don't know my history. You don't know my capabilities. You don't know my skills. But Jesus came to them and he still comes to us. He's still coming to us and saying to us, day by day, will you follow me? And we have a choice to whether we're going to follow him. You know, that invitation is a daily one because as people like myself who say, you know, and chose many years ago to say, I want to follow you, Jesus. He still keeps asking me. Each day I have an opportunity. Do I want to live with his mindset, his culture, his way of doing life, his way of seeing people, his way of interacting with people? So we regularly have that invitation, whether you accepted years ago or whether you know, this is the first time you heard this message. This is an opportunity just to respond and say, yes, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to do life like you do it. I want you to be in charge of my life. And for some of you, that might be the first time you've said that. And if so, I'd really encourage you to kind of contact us at church and just to tell us so that we can just help and encourage you in your journey. But some of you might have said this literally hundreds of thousands of times. 
but we need to do that because I believe that each day Jesus comes to us and says, will you follow me? I have confidence and belief in you, but will you follow me? And though that's the invitation, but there is also the challenge and the cost of following Jesus. By following the, the rabbi Jesus, following your rabbi and trying to do everything like he would do it, it's not necessarily easy. You had to kind of watch. Maybe a way of looking at it was it's like the old game kind of Simon Says. If you remember that, you know, Simon Says, you know, lift your hand. Simon Says, lift your leg. And then, you know, lift your leg. And you, what you had to do is just, you, you just lift your leg at the exact moment, you know, where you have the phrase Simon Says. And that's kind of what it means. But you need to be observing. You need to be listening. You need to be focused or you miss it if you remember that childhood game. And we need to be looking at when is Jesus saying and asking us to do and how to live our lives? Maybe another way of looking at it, if you like Lego or maybe you like knitting, I tend to prefer Lego over knitting, I must be honest. Actually, I can't knit. But um, you get like a pattern and that kind of shows you this is how you should do things. And this is what Jesus, when he came to live, he was showing us this is the best way to live. This is how to do it. And so by reading his his, kind of, his instructions, looking at the way he did life, we can learn how to live life like he did, how to properly follow him, which is why in the kind of coming weeks, we're going to take some time and look through scripture, look through not just the commands that Jesus gave us, but also look at the way that he lived his life so that we can kind of follow that pattern. Now, there is quite a lot there if you look at the kind of gospels, people have gone through and counted them all and it's all to do with how you interpret there. But there's probably about 300 plus commands that Jesus gave. And that's quite a lot of them. I mean, just to kind of give you a little bit of a context, here's a few looking at Matthew 28 verse 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. John 14, verse 21. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. John 14, 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. And lastly, Luke 6, verse 46. Why do you call me Lord, or to use a phrase that we've been using in this talk, Rabbi, and not do what I say? And so what we're going to do in this series is we're going to look at some of these commands. What does it look like? And some of these commands are really hard, particularly the one I'm going to be looking at next week where we talk about kind of love your enemies, pray for your enemies. But there's other commands like take up your cross daily to go the extra mile. Some of the things that Jesus said and some of the commands he gave us and the way he lived his life is difficult. And you might say, how can Jesus say that his yoke, his way of doing life is easy? But I would argue that we are all following somebody. If we're not following Jesus, we are following somebody. We see this often on kind of Facebook and Instagram where people say, you know, I'm following this person. Now, we might not mean by that, we just want to know about information and what they're saying. But ultimately, every one of us is looking to somebody else 
to decide how we are going to do life. And I would suggest that even though some of the things that Jesus says looks hard and difficult, I would say it's the best way to do life. Jesus talked about giving us life in all its fullness. And yes, there are costs, but there are always costs. But only Jesus offers this life in all its fullness, a life free of envy, a life free of jealousy, a life free of unforgiveness and hate, a life with the potential of overflowing joy and hope. Yeah, there's great benefits, and you could even argue that the retirement package is out of the world. But this is what it means to follow Jesus. And also to argue that the yoke obeying and following Jesus is easy because if you rearrange your life, if you kind of take on that culture, that hard drive, the most natural thing to do is to live a life like Jesus. It's when we try to live the life like Jesus without changing our values and our ways of thinking and doing life that it becomes hard. You see, it's only when I go and start living in another culture that it becomes difficult because I'm thinking, how do they do life here? I know how to do life in the UK, but when you lived in that culture and you assimilated that culture long enough, it becomes easy to live in that culture. In the same way when the, the culture of Jesus, maybe the, the, what we call the kingdom culture, the heavenly culture becomes a reality in us, then it becomes an easy way to do life. So as I come to end, I just want to conclude with a, a few points just to think about. Firstly, just to go back to that challenge who are you going to be a disciple of? We're all disciples of somebody. We're all modeling our lives on somebody. Who are you going to follow? Who are you going to continue following? Because like I say, this is a continual decision. It's not just like, oh, I gave my life to Jesus. I said a prayer when I was five, when I was seven, 15, you know, filling the gap. No, no. That's important. But it's a continual choice and decision. Secondly, what does it mean to follow Jesus today? What does that look like? Let's just take a pause before God and maybe just close your eyes and ask God, what does that mean? What's he calling you to step out into or step out of? What does it mean? See, Jesus always calls us into something, for something. He's always inviting us to go on adventure. Like with the disciples there, he says, come follow me. So I will make you fishers of men. There's always an and. Come follow me. Just to sit at my feet. Just come and follow me. So that I can work through you to bring transformation into your workplace, into your family, into your neighborhood, into your community. What does it mean for you? And lastly, I think particularly for some, we need to remind ourselves, you might feel like in this season, as you look back, you're thinking, yeah, God might want to call that person or that person. You know, they're gifted or, you know, they seem to be really holy or they seem to have their life together. But the great thing about Jesus coming to us and calling us, calling us rather than us going to him, is he's saying, I have confidence in you. I don't matter the messes and the things that you have done today, this last week, maybe for the last few years. I'm coming to you again and I'm saying, will you follow me? Allow me to change you from the inside out. Allow me to change your culture, your hard drive. So that me living in you, working for you, you will be changed. The kingdom of heaven will come to earth within you as well as to those around you. Let's just pray to conclude. God, I thank you that you love us and that you call us. 
and we say yes, God, to you again. And give us the courage and boldness, Lord, each day and each moment in each situation to keep saying yes to you. Amen.